Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, Executive Coach, April Mack. Well, hello. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you with me, and thanks for being a part of the podcast. Well, I had a week off, and I'm sorry you're seeing a little bit of delay in us getting a podcast out, but I took a little bit of time off. I had a grandbaby born on May 5th, and she is beautiful. Her name is Azalea Jane and was my daughter's third child. So anyway, it's just been an exciting time in our family. I have seven grandchildren. They are seven and under. And so it just is a lot of fun. Of my four daughters, two of my daughters have uh, those seven grandkids. So we have a lot of fun as a family, which I think is so important in having margin in our life. The podcast is my contribution. It's something that I give back to the real estate world. And so if there's anything that I am going to cut out, this is probably the one thing that gets cut when I need a little time off. So I appreciate your grace in that and understanding. So in that frame of thought, please leave us a good review. Um, Share the podcast with your friends. As I said, I do this. It is my contribution back to the real estate world. And so I love hearing from you that you're getting something from the podcast. So please share that. And um, I have an amazing interview. This Jonathan Bunch out of South Haven, Mississippi's with Best Realty. He's only been an agent since 2017, dabbled in real estate before that. And this is an incredible rags to riches story, or even I like to think of it as a think and grow rich story. Jonathan is going to share about his life growing up in immense poverty and knowing and believing that there was a different way of life. And he shares a lot about that. And now he is a very successful real estate agent, just believes in serving his client. And that really is what has built his amazing business. So I know you're going to love this interview. I'm going to quit rambling on and we'll get right to this interview with Jonathan Bunch out of South Haven, Mississippi. Well, hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit about you. Uh, how you doing, April? My name is Jonathan Bunch. I'm 43 years old. I'm actually a licensed barber, but also a licensed realtor. I've been married for almost 18 years. I'm originally from Vicksburg, Mississippi, and um, I grew up in a single parent home. My mother has 11 children. Wow. And I was the ninth one. And we stayed, we lived in, in, in sheer poverty. We stayed with my grandmother and it was 28 people in one three-bedroom mobile home. It's a three-bedroom, one-bath mobile home. And, and it, was, it was very, very tough growing up. And my mom, she was a single mother, but she... She did the best that she could with what she had. But my grandmother, she worked tires, tirelessly. And she was the one that, that actually instilled in me the, the, the desire of serving others. We, and we grew up, when, when I grew up in Vicksburg, I started cutting hair at 11 years old. Wow. And, um, and I hated poverty. I hated it. And when I actually started 
barbering, I took my brother's clippers. My oldest brother would come to the house. His name was Ronnie. And I took his clippers. And when I picked them up and started cutting hair, I knew. I said, I'll never be in poverty again. I will always be able to make a living. And um, and this particular man, his name was, was they called him Skylight. And, um, and I cut his hair. And this particular guy was very known in the community. And, and that's when I started actually just cutting hair. Everybody in the community, they started um, just coming. And uh, I was charging only $2. Mm. But my uncle, with us being in a very, very tough situation, we didn't like my dad. He died when I was at the, at the age of 13, but he didn't stay with us. So my uncle would would come and he would pick us up and he would take us to very nice, extremely nice neighborhoods. And he would always tell us, you know, there's more than what you see. You don't have to live the way you live in right now. It's, it's all a, a choice. And I would ride around and just look at these beautiful houses. And, and, and that's where I actually found a desire. And, and I loved real estate from a young kid. And I remember when I was when I, I would go to the barbershop with my dad, my stepdad. And I, even though I was cutting everybody else's hair, um, my dad would take me to the barbershop and it was a guy named Eddie Thomas and Eddie Thomas would turn around and he said, even though I'm a barber, he said, I dabble in real estate. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, always buy you a piece of land because God doesn't make any more. And and during that time I was, I was, I was like, okay, he's cutting hair, but this guy here is a, he's a trendsetter in his community. And he would always talk about how, you know, you want to be able to always supply housing for people in the community. Mm. And that's where I started to formulate my mind. I was like, I don't want to be in poverty anymore. So I would cut hair and I would save my money. And I would get on my bike and I would I would ride um, to the nicer neighborhoods. And I would look at beautiful brick homes and things of that nature. Whenever I got depressed, that's where I always found joy mm. was just riding into nicer neighborhoods. And even how, when old, I, how old oh, would you have been at that time? I was, uh, I actually was 13. Mm. Um, I started cutting hair at 11, but about the age of 13 is when my mind really started to formulate. And I, I really, really started to love real estate. And, um, I went through school and I graduated at the age of 16. Wow. And, I, um, and that's when I went to barber school. I went to barber school. You had some I, goals, some drive, and you worked hard. Yes, ma'am. And that's what my grandmother always taught me. She, she always would tell me, uh, nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and these were some of the, the work habits that I always noticed that she had. And yeah. uh, she had a knack for serving other people. She, wow. She what did your a, grandmother do? She was a homemaker. She would actually go cook and clean homes. Mm-hmm. That's what she did. And um, and she was serving people. She was serving that. people. Yes. And and that's where she found her enjoyment. She would always would, would, would uh, tell us, you know, if you want to be great, you must always find 
people to serve. Wow. And, um, so now I know you're doing that now very well, Mm -hmm. or you wouldn't be a guest on our podcast, but so how did that transition from being a barber riding around in, on a bike at 13 through nice neighborhoods. I mean, how did that transition from barber school to now being a top producer realtor? This is what happened. I opened a barbershop up at 16 years old. Wow. And, um, and the guys that were frequent my barbershop, everybody would, would come and say, man, I'm renting. My landlord just put me out. I've been paying my rent, but um, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to buy a house. And the thing about it was I learned this at a young age. Find a need in the community and fill it. And immediately I ended up, I built a house at the age of 21. And the builder who had built my house became a good friend of mine and also a mentor. And I built a house and by the time I, well, when I actually built the house, he started to share with me how he in turn, you know, would go into a house, fix it up and sell it. Yeah. So I got that idea from, from him. And when I got into real estate at the age of 21, that's, I started flipping houses and I would flip at least a hundred houses a year oh, because I didn't want word. anybody to live the way I lived. Mm. That's incredible. A hundred houses a year. Yes. That's unbelievable. Now you had to have had a team of people at that kind of, at that point kind of helping you a little bit. Well, this is the thing. Being a barber, you you find plumbers, electricians, AC <laughs> yeah. men, you find everybody. So the team was already built. I knew everybody in the com- community that actually, yeah, you know, did this type of work. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So when I started, all I had to do was make a phone call to to, to call. Um, yeah. Would call, you know, the neighborhood electrician, uh, Bobby, just you formulated a team and then all of a sudden, you know, before you know it, you, you now taking people out of a bad situation, bad living conditions and putting yeah. them into, into a position to where they're living. In and a you home. had a little, you had a little leverage too, because I mean, it's like, Hey, Mr. Joe Plummer, if you don't do a good job for me, I mean, I'm jacking your hair up on your next haircut, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. But that's true. I get it. You, so you really, you knew all of those people being a barber. So you're flipping all these houses. I mean, were you still being a barber while you're flipping a hundred houses? I was actually that, but I was selling them to all of my clients. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I already had a, a clientele base to where, you know, I was helping them get the credit and things of that nature situated and I would sell them the houses and not rent them to them. Yeah. And, um, and, did, and did you own or finance some of them? And never, 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 I never owned or own, own financed any of them. Okay. So it but, was rent or buy rent or buy. Yeah. But you know, from, 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 from Vicksburg, coming from Vicksburg, and I, we moved here in 2009. Which is? Um, my wife. Uh, yeah, I moved to DeSoto County, up to the DeSoto County, Memphis area, from Vicksburg to from Vicksburg to DeSoto County in North Mississippi, Memphis area. Mm-hmm. 
I moved up here. I actually got out of real estate and I was just only barbering. Mm. But real estate had always been a passion. It was always deep seated inside of me. Yeah, it gets in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually learned the people. I, I did exactly what I did in Vicksburg. I found a need in the community and I wanted to feel it. And um, and I saw there was a there was actually a void in the housing market that was needed here in DeSoto County in the Memphis area. So I never ever said anything to anyone. I was just continually cutting hair. But my wife knew she knew that this was the area that, that God was bless us in. And she told me, she said, now, you told me that, that God was going to use use you in real estate and and all of this. She said, if you don't go get your real estate license, I'll go get mine. I'm, I'm sick of it. She said, I'm sick of living this way. I'm going, I'm tired of it. You, you told me this is what God was going to do through you and you haven't done anything. And, um, and so that was 2009. About how old were you then? 2009 was when we moved up here. This Mm -hmm. was 2017. Oh, Um, Okay. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm actually. No, that's rambling, okay. That's okay. No, I love the story. Okay, so just four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was only four years ago. When I got into real estate, I started at uh, Jasco. This was a a particular company, but I didn't know during that time that Larry Mayall. Larry Mayall was a. He was a. They called him, they called him a, he was a, a giant before his time and he knew real estate like never before. Now this guy at Jasco, which was Jeffrey Smith, he, he came from Keller Williams, but he pitched the idea. He got the idea from Larry Mayall. Larry was the first pioneer of his time that actually gotten into real estate and knew he was a visionary. He knew that everything was coming out of the local brokerage from local brokerage, the the commission splits, and he went actually to uh, admin fees. So mm. so Larry was the first one that actually did it. But when I got into real estate, Jeffrey Smith is who I actually got with. And then actually I, after after I started to talk with him, I come to find out that Larry, who was who was the owner of First National Realty was the one actually who started all of this. That's very but, interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I've only talked very briefly, and I, mm-hmm. this is doesn't have to be about all of that, but yes, you're mentioning Larry Mayall, which is my uncle, my dad's brother. I don't know him as Larry Mayall, the realtor. I know him as just Larry Mayall, my uncle. <laughs> and uh, so that it's it's interesting to hear all of this. And I just have to throw that in. And, of course, my cousin just, told me, you know, she is in real estate as well. She said, you need to interview Jonathan Bunch. And so that's how we actually came to know one another. And, and I knew that you were licensed with our company, but I don't know all this backstory. Mm-hmm. I just know, you know, that you're killing it in real estate. And my cousin said, you need, really need to interview this guy. So uh, it's interesting to hear you bring, bring that name up. And uh, it means a lot to me, of course, too, because uh, my uncle just as you very well know, just passed away a few months ago. And uh, so that's a really sweet tribute to him. But go ahead. This is about you, not about him. So continue to go ahead with your story. No, you're fine. But 
within a year's time, Jasko closed down. Uh, he ended up trading off to Keller Williams. Okay. And immediately I went and I, I said, well, I'm going to the Pioneer. I'm going wow. exactly to where it started. I went to First National Realty and uh, the first person I sat down and talked with, I talked with Rosemary, and she said, you need to talk to Larry, Jonathan. And I sat down and I talked to Larry and he told me, he said, he said, I know, he said, I've heard that you've done very well in real estate. My first year I did uh, eight million in volume wow. and didn't know a single uh, soul from, from this area. So he said, do you want to increase your business? Do you want to become one of the top agents in this company? I said, mm. yes, sir. He said, listen to me good. He said, you got a pen and a piece of paper? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, let me give you the secret to every successful real estate agent. He said, I want you to hear me good, okay? He said, write this down. And, and I said, okay, I'm ready. He said, answer. I said, okay, got it. The, T-H-E. And he said, D-A-M-N, phone. He said, that's the secret. He said, you're going to find an area of service that's, that's actually void in this market because no one answers the phone. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you're going to do this in this company, he said, answer the phone, stay focused on serving others, and you're going to succeed at a high level. Wow. From that time, when I got to First National, I did from from eight from eight million at Jasco with with no guidance. Got there, actually did eighteen million my first year, twenty one million in my second year, and and actually uh, I haven't even put the numbers together on on where we're, what we're doing now because wow. um, my focus is only serving others. That's wow. my biggest focus uh, in real estate is actually having the interests of others more than myself. That's the fiduciary responsibilities of a real estate agent. It's having the interests of others more than yourself. Mm. Tell me a story like where you just feel like that you really exemplify that, that you're just serving other people and how that's come to uh, feed your success in a way. Okay. Well, ask that question again. I want to make sure I'm actually just spot on telling you well, exactly what I just want to I just want you to give me an example of a, a way that you just that you serve other people I, I get it you're answering the phone and that's okay. huge I oh, I can't remember the guy's name I interviewed someone on the podcast he's out of Houston Texas and he just like you he moved there didn't know anyone and Richard Wilkinson uh, that's his name. And I think it was episode number 10. And, you know, he moved there here from South Africa and has just is just booming. And, you know, and that's his thing. He's like, I answer the phone. And so I think it's it's incredible. And so many people don't answer the phone. But, you know, what's a story that you have of a customer, a client that you've worked with and you've just served them well? And as a result, your business has thrived. Okay. Well, I could give a, a, a lot of instances, but one sure. in particular, okay? One in particular, I had a client 
and and the key to it all is going the extra mile mile yeah um a lot of people they don't know anything so they're looking for a professional that's going to actually serve them uh, all the way through okay so this particular client she was actually going through a divorce okay and she had no clue on how because her, her husband did all he did everything so she didn't know how to do finance and she didn't know anything about insurance agents she didn't know anything about nothing so so in actuality i had to help her and i do this for every client and i work them from contract to close okay so so the essence of serving is actually seeing a need and feeling it so if a person actually don't know how to get adequate financing, the thing about it is, is you got to be able to know your lenders, what products that the lenders have that can actually best suit your client. So that's the first thing that I do. I, I talk with my clients and I tell them, okay, this lender here has this type, this particular type of program. Okay. Right. And this program is actually best for you and your financial needs at this time. So this particular instance with, uh, with Valerie, what she wanted to do was purchase a home and also put her in a position to sell it. But what I found myself doing in the midst of selling her home, I found myself in the midst of it, sitting in between her and her husband who had never, who hadn't talked to each other in a sensible conversation in two years. I wow. found myself in the midst of it pretty much doing marriage counseling. Wow. And afterwards she cried and she said, you know, at least I gotten a chance to see where his heart was and he see where where mine is. Because I was telling them, I'm not here to just sell you a house. Um if we can spare your marriage, forget me selling the house. I would rather see your marriage together than anything. Wow. And I prayed with both of them. It made it made no difference because it's about now that client actually being able to see that we care more about them than yeah. the real estate transaction. Yeah. And th and that's what happened. I ended up selling her friends' houses and things of that nature as well because she knew that she had a real estate agent that was willing to go the extra mile and serve her needs just as well as making sure that she was taken care of from contract to close. I made sure she had the insurance agents. I made sure that um, she was getting adequate, the, the best interest rates of that day, just all the way through from, from repairs, um, just all the way through. She knew that she had somebody that was actually serving her needs and not just actually just doing a transaction and not. Yeah. Care. And I think people know that I really do. And it's, it comes across. I'm, very suspicious that most all of your business is built on referrals. Yes. Yeah. Are you doing a lot? Do you do much with social media advertising? I mean, what's, I, what does that look like? Oh, wow. I'm glad you asked that. A lot of people, they were asking me, how do you get all of your, you know, your, your business? Because everybody was telling me to go through Facebook, Instagram and things of that nature. Okay. But my wife and I vowed that we uh, wouldn't have a, um, a social media Facebook account, Instagram, and things of that nature. So wow. I wanted to stick by that. But there was it was only one social site that I was on as a barber, and it was LinkedIn. Okay. And through LinkedIn, 
Um, I had a buddy, his name was Steve Blake. He's 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 in the mortgage industry with prime lending. I was sitting in his office and he was saying, one of the things that you have to do, he said, you gotta be like McDonald's. He said, you gotta stay in front of people. And he said that, you know, he was because he was talking about posting through uh Facebook and things of that nature and how he gets a lot of his businesses through the social media. But I knew that as I was talking to him, that I wasn't going to go that way. So all I had was this professional site, uh, which is LinkedIn, that it wasn't a lot of realtors during that time, even posting on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So my first probably $10 million came from posting on LinkedIn. Mm from professionals that were actually looking in, in the job industry that was actually transferred from one city to the next. And actually, right. so I found that platform to be very helpful. So LinkedIn became one of my, a matter of fact, I post on it every single day. And that's wow. one of the things that, that I do. And I attribute, I attribute uh, LinkedIn also as a part of uh, the success that I'm actually having right now. I get at least just this year alone, I've probably done about $6 million just off of $6 million in volume just off of referrals and, um, and people through, through my LinkedIn network. Wow. That's amazing. Oh. Well, and no doubt your past clients are probably, a lot of them are staying connected with you. And yeah. now that is a way you're staying connected with those past clients is through that LinkedIn that's correct. Because they came from there too. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of a snowball effect and it just, yeah, keeps, keeps multiplying. That's awesome. So do you have a team? I actually, I have a couple of buyer's agents that's actually new to, to best real estate company. That's actually starting out. They're actually just going and opening doors for me. Okay. I don't actually have a team that actually does my paperwork and things of that nature. Pretty much what you hear and what you see is right here. Wow. All through the grace of God. Yeah. It, this is God giving me a desire to serve many people. Did your wife able... end up getting that license? Well, she, she's actually working on it now. Okay. She just had surgery, but she has been my biggest support. And I'm always going 100 miles an hour. I'm uh, sure you have to be. <laughs> have to be. Yes. And I think you're a dad as well. I am a father. Uh, we just had one that graduated over the weekend and actually another one that got married over the weekend. So we Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I guess you did. Congratulations. That's awesome. So it was a daughter that got married or a son? Uh, daughter. And uh, oh. actually, her husband is actually getting his real estate license now, oh. and he's going to be a mentee of ours. He's he's actually coming to Best Real Estate Company as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're putting together a team that's going to actually be able to go out here and and, um, and, and continue to serve and, um, and, and expand this market like never before. Yeah. So what do you feel like is one of your biggest challenges in the business? I mean, you've got unbelievable success, Jonathan, and an amazing, incredible story that I, I love. And I, you're the kind of person, I, listen, I hope we stay in touch because you're the kind of person that I'd be good friends with because you're just so genuine. And, and I have to just say here, I mean, you know, a lot of agents, 
they want to post their flashy cars and their, you know, uh, tell about all their awards and all their success. And in truth, your client doesn't care about that. They care about how you're going to serve them. And obviously that's worked for you and Mm -hmm. you are serving your client well, and it's built an amazing business for you. So, Mm -hmm. but what do you feel like are, are the biggest challenges that you face? Well, in this real estate market, the, the only challenge that we're facing now is you're in a position to, because I, I believe in trying to save my clients as much money as possible. But in a very, very tight market right now, because of the lumber prices and yeah. the pricing of houses have gone up, and you have, you have more buyers than houses. My biggest challenge that I'm facing as of right now is, is actually actually allow my client to pay over appraisal value for a mm. home just to get it. That's one of the things that's that's actually a challenge to me because I, I'm always just having their interest in mind and saying, you know what, I really don't want my client to pay that. But the only way that we're going to actually be able to win this property is actually beat the next person. <laughs> and the right. next person is actually doing over appraisal value. So yeah, I have to turn around and, and then I I tell my clients, okay? So they'll say, well, I'm going to be upside down on on this house in the next two years. And I tell them, uh, no way possible. With the simple reason, this is not a vehicle. This is is real property. So that's when the investor side comes in. Mm -hmm. And when you're facing the challenge of of actually having your client in a position to where you know that they have to pay over appraisal value, you go back to to the the essence of real estate is, is... the, the principle of your house, of your house note is actually going down every month. So the the houses in your neighborhood, they're still going over appraisal value. And it's going to be like this for the. This is not a real estate bubble. And I tell people all the time, this is not a real estate bubble. This is not 2008 to where you're going to have a $500,000 house that you just bought. Now, the one next door just sold for $280,000. That's not going to happen this time. So in actuality, the prices are actually going up and they're going to stay. What's going to happen to the market is going to level out. And I, that's why I tell my clients, the challenges that, that, that we have right now, once you get a house, you don't have to worry about your house being upside down when you turn around and sell uh, because the prices are constantly moving upward. Yeah. Yeah. Are you mostly listings or selling? seller uh, listings or working with listings or buyers I, I tell I tell a lot of people I'm a buyer's agent but lately I have been been doing more listings and I've been actually listing majority of the homes that, that I've sold sold back a couple of years ago my buyers are actually turning around and um, they're making you know, lots of profit and then they move and actually to their dream home. Just yeah. as I just as I told them a couple of years ago, you know, you stay here a minute, you know, allow the market to to dictate when you move. Yeah. And now they're moving to their dream homes and they have enough money to uh, take care of their families and also not be concerned about, OK, how much my house, house note is going to be. Yeah. All that levels out. Well, and obviously you're newer in that in that area. So just in four years, it is time now. Those, all those buyers you worked with are they're going to start becoming yeah your sellers. So mm-hmm. you're going to that listing inventory will build up over time. That's correct. Yeah, and that's awesome. I, I love 
from the being in real estate in the past, I mean, I love the thought of having that passive income of having listings, you know, to me, you got to have inventory in your pocket. You know, I prefer that, but I know there are some people just work with buyers and I get that. What do you feel like the future looks like for you, Jonathan? The future is actually getting brighter. I'm, I'm getting to a position now and I was just talking to one of my buyers agents is, is, um, it looks like I'm going to become majority of just a listing agent and formulating a team that actually just deals with the buyers. Because one of the things that I'm noticing is you have majority of the sellers, they're leaning and depending on you and they want your knowledge, your, they want your wisdom. But the thing about it is you can, it's, it's hard to actually formulate that with buyers when you have so many sellers tugging at you as well. Yeah. So it's, it's either you're going to actually give up one end uh, or you, you leverage it out with a team or you're going to lose the very core of that business because you, you're, you're, you're very busy in the selling uh, aspect. So yeah. I see myself in, here in the next couple of years being um, more of that listing agent, agent. Yeah, more of a, a listing agent and, and allowing the, um, the buyer's agents to actually, you know, do the buying in. And sounds like probably very much a team leader. Your it sounds like your team will probably be growing. Well, th- that's the that's the key. Every new agent that comes in, I tell them all the time, you are no no better than what you read. I myself, I'm an advocate of the Bible. I read the Bible. Me too. And also a book that was very, very uh, instrumental to me uh, in the business that I'm doing is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. That book, every salesperson, I tell them, every salesperson that you meet, you want to be able to read Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich formulated my mind and gave me, you know, to have definiteness of purpose, uh, going the extra mile, having a positive mental attitude, being able to um, formulate a mastermind group, uh, yeah. things of that nature, uh, you're going to need. You're going to need that to succeed in, in, in every endeavor of, of uh, real estate and real estate sales. Yeah, I completely agree. It's very exciting. And and I love, Well, I just have to ask you, what do you feel like, when did life really turn around for you? I mean, because you really, you talked so much in the beginning about growing up in harsh poverty and now I'm sure you're living in one of those neighborhoods like you used to drive ride your bicycle around when you were 13 yes, um, maybe even better but what do you feel like when was the real shift the the real shift and I'm gonna be honest with you when I was flipping houses and things of that nature, I didn't have a relationship with God. Okay. Mm. So the, the real shift happened in 2006 when my son was born and, and I, and I committed my life to Christ. That's when the, the true essence of, of serving others and having interests of others more than yourself. That's when I knew that I needed to do something different with my life because it wasn't about money, fame, and success and things of that nature. It was about now being able to make an impact in the lives of others. That's why I had to move away from Vicksburg because once I committed my life to Christ in 2006, I knew that Vicksburg was not the place I needed to be in. Needed a new environment? 
That's correct. And yeah. when we moved to DeSoto County and, and greater Memphis area in 2009, that this was my pet peeve then was I want to be able to make a difference in the lives of others. No matter what I what whatever I did, I wanted to make sure I did did it in a great way. And um, the game changer when I got into real estate, I had already done it before. So by the time when I got in into real estate in 2017, I had a different mindset. I have a different motive. I had a different passion and a driving force of what why I did what I did and why why others was gonna actually benefit from what I know and what I do. Mm. So anybody that comes across my path, any client, any anybody that comes across my path, I want to leave them better than what I found them. Yeah. So they knew, they know that they're, de- they're dealing with someone that was actually uh, genuine and actually had their best interest and it was no fake. I yeah. wasn't trying to do something just to get their money. Yeah. I love so, that. So the game changer was actually committing my life to Christ. And, and actually living the tenets of the faith and doing what I'm supposed to do, uh, not as just a realtor, but as, you know, as a follower of Christ. Yeah. Wow. And, I don't integrity know. is the most important thing. I don't know of a better shift that anyone could have than that one right there. Yeah, yes. I love that. What would you say, Jonathan, to a new agent or maybe just somebody that's been in a year or two and just feel a little bit stuck or overwhelmed? What, what advice would you give to them? The advice I give to, to every agent is not to focus on how much money that you're going to make or how little money that you're making. Focus on finding a need and feeling it. Mm-hmm. When you see people that need help, you go after them. And, and, and it doesn't make a difference if it's a $50,000 house or a million dollar house. Are you willing now to, to to answer the phone, call them, check on them, making sure that they have everything that they need and actually going the extra mile for that client? Every new agent that comes into the real estate industry, what I the, the first thing that I do is try to go into their psyche and tell them, I, I know you're thinking real estate is all about the money, fame and all of this, but you have to change your motive and have a desire and a heart to serve. And what I do is take them back to the fiduciary responsibilities of a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And I make them, I say, you just took the test, but, but in actuality, yeah. do you know what it means? Yeah. So, yeah. so we, we go through, through those because I say, you got to get every buyer and every seller to sign this particular paper saying that you have a fiduciary responsibility to them. But are you actually living, are you actually believing what you're telling them to sign? So loyalty, out of all of the fiduciary responsibilities of a real estate agent, loyalty is the most important. And, and it goes back to, to the Bible uh, in Philippians 2. It says that, that Jesus, he, he didn't think highly of himself. He, he never thought of himself to be any more than anything. But he said that he had the interest of others more than himself. And it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He had a mind of serving others and actually putting their interests above his own. And that's that loyalty. When you when you study loyalty through through the eyes of real estate, loyalty only means having the interests of others more than yourself. So if you're loyal to a client, 
everything else, all the set other other fiduciary responsibilities of a real estate agent, it takes care of itself. You don't have to worry about disclosure, obedience. You don't have to worry about all of that because now you have the interests of others more than yourself. So yeah. th- these are some of the things that I teach new agents that's coming in. I actually hinge back on the the, the fiduciary responsibilities of a real estate agent mm-hmm. because what I want them to do is know that we take this serious. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay, well, it, we have to wrap up as much as I hate to because our time is about to run out. But tell us just in closing, how does someone contact you if they have a referral to send your way or just want to connect with you? What are the best ways? Tell us like where you are, the name of your company, how to find you on LinkedIn, all that. And then I'll put some links in the notes as well. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bunch. I'm with Best Real Estate Company in South Haven, Mississippi. The address is 1045 Church Road East, uh, South Haven, Mississippi, 38672. My phone number is area code 662-812-1443. And my office number is 662-540-5011. And my email address is jbunch928 at gmail.com. You can catch me at any of those numbers um, or you can always pull me up on LinkedIn and and, uh, message me. That's awesome. Jonathan, you have been an amazing guest. And I do want to clarify, too, that South Haven, that's just on the outskirts of Memphis. So you're just right there. across the line. So mm-hmm. um, I've traveled right through there many times, but you have been an amazing guest and I have loved so much getting to know more about you. And I know there's more and we've mm-hmm. run out of time, but we'll have you back again later down the road and even find out how that team is coming about and how things are developing. But thank you so much for giving of your time and just being so real and honest and God bless you just for for all that you're doing for other people. I love it. Thank so you. I appreciate it, Jonathan. I appreciate you also, April. Thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. Thank you. Wow. Wasn't that great? I would love to now sit down and have conversations with you to see what you got from this interview, listening to Jonathan. And he was so inspiring. I would love to know how it will affect you. And um, let me encourage you, write down some things and think about what is your takeaway from what you learned from Jonathan, what you heard him talk about, how can you implement it into your life? That's one of the things that I love about the podcast and having all the different guests is there are, they're in different seasons of their lives. They're solo agents. They're part of the team, uh, leading a team in different kinds of markets. And so that's really the reason for the podcast format to bring different people in that you can relate to someone. And there should be maybe a little nugget from each interview that you can implement into your business. I think about, you know, Jonathan here, he is an agent or he mentioned he has a child that just graduated, a child that just got married. Well, that's a lot different dynamic than someone that's got elementary school age children that they're running to ball games and, you know, it just changes everything. And so with that said, give back, let Jonathan know that you enjoyed the interview, reach out to him. And also, you know, I just challenge you to think about how do you serve your clients? 
I mean, is that really a priority to you? And are you looking for a need in your community and how you can feel that? So there's so much that I took away from this interview, and I hope that you really sought value or received value from it as well. And let me just say to you, congratulations. I mean, you've made it. You think about the last year and what we have experienced in uh, surviving a pandemic. It's probably one of the largest crises of our lifetime, and you've made it. And we're to be congratulated and patted on the back for that. I mean, it's really huge. And now you're dealing with a very different kind of real estate market where something very different than most of us have ever seen. And I know that it's producing its own challenges. So you know, I just want to say congratulations to you. You are making it and look on the bright side of things. Have that positive mentality. One other thing that I want to mention just before I, sh- I close is that Jonathan mentioned in his interview um, that he's a person of faith. And I loved that. And I am a person of faith as well. And it's really a guiding light for my life. And If you need encouragement in that in any way or have questions about that, feel free to reach out to me because I do believe, just as Jonathan said, it changes your life and all for the better. doesn't mean we're perfect people by any means, but it just means that I have someone that leads me through my life. With that said, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for being a part of the podcast and would love to hear from you would love to connect. So feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and um, my website, coachaprilmack.com. Be blessed. I look forward to being with you next time.